Welcome to the Rennie Podcast, a podcast about the real estate market and the people connected by it. We seek to empower our listeners to make informed decisions while providing context for the real estate world around them. We hope that with every episode, you become a little more knowledgeable and a lot more curious. Hello, everyone. Today, we're discussing the latest residential real estate data across the Vancouver region for September 2022. We'll focus on the following two insights. The first insight is three things we can count on in life, death, taxes, and a 30% decline in inventory in the fall. The second insight is it has been a long time since the interest rate outlook was this uncertain. My name is Justine Liu, a managing broker at Rennie, and as always, we are joined by Ryan Berlin, Rennie's Director of Intelligence, and Ryan Wise, Rennie's Senior Analyst with our Intel team. I'm also so excited to welcome Randy Ronaldo, a licensed realtor for 12 years and a three-year Rennie advisor. Aside from real estate, Randy is also very active in the local community work, and we are very happy to have him join us today. We have a lot to talk about today, so with that, welcome everyone, and thank you all for joining us. Thanks, Justine. Thanks for being here, Randy. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, everyone, for being here. So we're in October now, mid-October. So right around the corner, we have Halloween coming up. Any special plans? Are you dressing up? I want to know. Trick-or-treating. <laughs> yeah. I am not. Right. Uh, you said your daughter's got some <laughs> yeah. an interesting choice I, to make. Yeah, so she's debating between a superhero, a fairy, and a toilet. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm pushing hard for the toilet costume, but I think she's she's leaning fairy right now, so we'll see. I love that. I, did, I really want to have a conversation with her to see how she got to the toilet yeah. idea. But I, quick question: I'm going to take a take a, a poll here. Who's who likes candy corn? Never even heard of it until today. <laughs> You've never heard of it. You've never, never heard. you know that no triangle idea. candy yeah. with the three stripe, the three it's different colors. Maybe very maybe. recognizable. Oh, I love it. Oh, no, man. don't like no, it. Yeah. Don't and I'm getting it. some dirty no. looks. No, <laughs> I don't. Right. How do you not like it? That's the question. I mean, that's why is it on me to say why I like it? <laughs> why do you not like it? It's sugar. I feel like I we need know. to pull the office later to see what the majority is. It is weird. I'm starting to realize. I just assumed everybody loved it growing up and even into my current age. I feel like there's just uh, much better options, right? I guess so. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm finding there are more and more people coming out of the woodwork saying they don't like it. So. All right. So with that, let's get into our first key insight. Insight number one, three things you can count on in life, death, taxes, and 30% decline in inventory <laughs> in the fall. So I love this insight. Um, Stats show that every year since inventory was first tracked in 1989, we've seen a decline in total listings from September to December. So where is inventory today and where can we expect to see it go over the next few months? Um, Yeah, so we finished September with just over 15,000 homes for sale. Um, And that's a pretty big number. It sounds like a big number. So what does that mean? Uh, That was up marginally from August but that's still 21% below sort of the typical September, the past 10 year average. Um, So inventory is relatively constrained still. We've talked about it for the last few months. Um, And even as sales sales counts are down, um, as has been pretty well documented, um, September MLS sales were just 2,500 and change, which is 48% less than last year, 36% less than the long run average. Um, but it's still constrained inventory. Yeah, and it's funny, like if you look at the market dynamics right now, if you just looked at sales counts, which are depressed, as you said, mm-hmm. you would just assume that inventory 
has been rising, that it, that it would at least be elevated. Um, but that's not the case because new listings are down, aren't they? Yeah, totally. So new listings, which have been de- sort of declining the past few months, they're typically lower in the summer. Um, they were higher in September than in August, but that's the typical seasonal pattern. Um, but the flow of new listings at just over 6,400, that represents the lowest of any September since 2003. So effectively a 20 year low for new listings. And that's one of the reasons that it's kept, um, supply in check. So that's where we are. So how about that second part? Where are we going? Um, so the short answer is inventory will contract and you can count on it. Um, as you said, Justine, every single year since 1989, inventory has declined from September through December. So the range of, um, declines about the smallest was back in 1990 and that was a 12% decrease. Uh, And the largest was just last year in 2021. That was a 46% decrease. So if we take today's inventory level, uh, we do some math, we apply sort of the typical seasonal pattern, um, we would end up with just over 9,600 homes for sale at the end of the year if if we use that typical decline. Um, And that would represent sort of the third lowest inventory for any month prior to last year's anomaly. That is amazing. And I remember last year we ended... 2021 with around 6,700 mm-hmm. listings at the end of December, but then a bunch of listings at the end of every year um, expire or canceled. And so we actually then started on January 1 or January 2nd uh, with only 6,000 listings. So I wonder, you know, at the end of this year, if we do make it down to this sort of 9,600 range, if we will even, you know, start January even lower, perhaps sub 9,000, which would just be astonishing given how slow sales have been. Yeah, absolutely. Hasn't that only happened like three or four times since 1989, since they've been below 10,000? Yeah. Below 10,000. Yeah. And it's always a December. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, we've gotten used to this sort of constrained inventory environment. It almost feels normal. Like the idea that instead of having, you know, 15,000 listings right now, we might have 20, if we had 20,000 listings right now, um, it, it would, it would, it would seem like such a huge number because we haven't seen that in years. And we're a lot bigger city now. You would think there'd be more yeah, inventory. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A per capita basis. It's even more constrained when absolutely. you look at it that way. Incredible. Yeah. So Randy, um, how is this translating to your experience with your clients or your, your buy side clients still looking or those that are still looking, are they having trouble finding places? What's it like out there? So the buyers are looking, but they're not biting. They are, uh, taking their time. <laughs> Because let's face it, they they can afford to, and they're watching mm-hmm. those prices uh, come down. So they're definitely not in any rush. Um, but at the same time, the quality of inventory, like you, we just finished saying, there's not a lot of inventory out there. So uh, even when you, it, it's hard to find what you're looking for. But when you do find it, it's like, do I bite down now, or like, is this place going to be worth a hundred thousand dollars less in a couple months? So should I wait, or is it going to be gone, yeah. or is it going to be gone? Or are interest rates going to go up? Totally. Yeah. I mean, you don't want, you don't, you certainly don't want buyer's remorse where you're, you know, a couple years into a mortgage or whatever, and it just becomes too expensive for you. Do you get the sense at all that buyers are scouting sort of the landscape of inventory that exists right now so that they're poised to make a quicker decision once conditions, so to speak, change and they're more ready to make that commitment? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're getting their pre-approvals. They're, um, 
they're they're scouting everything out and they're ready to pull the trigger once uh, they do find something and also feel that the timing is there. And I think they'll realize that once Bank of Canada comes out and says, okay, uh, no more interest rates, we're just going to hold steady where we're at. I think that'll signal to the market that we have some certainty and mm -hmm. uh, people will feel a lot more confident in making that decision to uh, make one of the biggest financial decisions of their life and mm -hmm. buy a piece of property. Totally. So even myself, I mean, I've been looking to upsize uh, with my family. I got two kids and we need a little more room. And, you know, we live on this beautiful, quiet street in North Burnaby, a uh, big flat lot. And, um, you know, we can't knock our house down because it's, it's a little too good for that. But we'd like to buy the same type of lot and, and build or buy something uh, maybe a little bit bigger and refresh it. And it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't find uh, that, uh, that house. So we would either have to go onto a busier street to get the house we want or, um, or stay where we are, which is what we've been doing. So it's, uh, yeah, when it comes to inventory, it's tough. There's just, it's not a lot out there. Totally. And, um, not to make you too depressed or anything, but I mean, I think, I think that, that's, that, sort of uh, perspective really applies within the single family or the detached house um, segment of the market, right? Because we're not, there aren't a lot of places in the region where we're actually in any kind of appreciable number adding single family homes. And if we are, they tend to be smaller than what we had been building decades ago. Yeah. Like a lot of the new stuff, I mean, the vast majority of new housing now comes in multifamily formats. So there's a lot of townhomes being added, row houses, especially south of the Fraser, condos throughout the region, apartments. Um, but yeah, that detached segment is just becoming more and more scarce and it's just really, I mean, everybody, it seems like everybody wants, a um, some dirt, a single detached home, the, the, the white picket fence or a fence. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's becoming a very scarce commodity, which makes it tough for buyers. So with that in mind, Randy, do you have any, like, what is the advice you'd give yourself or give somebody else who is looking for it? Yeah, it's funny when I'm in that position myself, but yeah, with my clients, when they're looking for something, they can't totally find exactly what they're looking for. It's, I kind of tell them, you know, you look at Lady Justice and she's got the way scales on each side and, you know, you got the good, you got what you want versus what, um, what something may cost and, and you're going to have to let some things go and, and to achieve that balance or, you know, maybe just get seven out of 10 things that you're looking for, eight out of 10. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a matter of compromise, mm -hmm. uh, at this point in, in our real estate market. So as borrowing costs have gone up and prices have fallen, not as much are people sort of recalibrating their expectations and sort of doing that on the fly as they, they keep looking. Yeah. It depends if they're just pulling equity out and they maybe don't need to borrow as much. Uh, they might be in a much better situation mm -hmm. with the, the price going down or yeah, if they got higher monthly, uh, payments to make it, it is, uh, definitely a recalibration of, uh, what they're looking for and how much they're willing to spend which is putting downward pressure on prices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting point and good point that you made there, Randy. So that brings us into insight number two. It's been a long time since the interest rate outlook was this uncertain. The stats show that since March of this year, the Bank of Canada has aggressively raised its key policy rate from 0.25% to 3.25%, with more hikes sure to come. So the question everyone is asking is when will interest rates 
cease to increase? And can we give us your thoughts on where interest rates are today and where they're going? Yeah, I think that sort of looking big picture here at our market, the stagnation and uh, whatever you want to call it, the gumming up of the market, where it's sort of, it's almost freezing, like there's a lack of liquidity, um, I think has its origins indirectly in this persistently high inflation that we've been experiencing. Um, but then obviously more directly in um, the rising borrowing costs that everybody is facing, the rising interest rates. I mean, currently inflation is running at 7% as of the recording of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we have new data that's being released, I think, in two days, right? Yeah, on Wednesday. On Wednesday. So that that may change. You might see it tick up. You might see it tick down. But I don't think we're expecting a major change to that, that headline number. Um, and that's a result of a whole bunch of things, right? So, I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, we've talked about it before, but for the benefit of people listening who haven't heard previous episodes, it's the um, the uh, fiscal and monetary stimulus that we saw uh, in the early days, and even through, I mean, for a couple of years through COVID, um, supply chain disruptions, changes in patterns of spending, the way, the things that we spent our money on changed for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, and then more recently, the war in Ukraine had, has driven up uh, various commodity prices, food prices. So there's a whole bunch of things that are factoring in. And now on top of all of that, the Bank of Canada is worried about uh, increasingly worried, I'd say, about uh, inflation expectations becoming entrenched. So that's a term that we hear a lot, inflation expectations becoming entrenched. So what does that mean? It really means that the bank is concerned that all of us, so individuals, households, businesses, the government, all levels of government, are going to bake into our economic and financial decision-making the expectation that things are going to cost quite a bit more tomorrow than they do today. Um to the extent that that exists and sort of per, it prevails throughout our, call it our economy, um, that is going to all but ensure that we have higher inflation for longer. So we were just talking about this on our last episode, our Rennie Landscape podcast, um, and we were looking at the data from the Bank of Canada's Business Outlook Survey, and that we'd said 78% of Canadian businesses uh, expect high inflation over the next two years, so inflation above 3%. Um, and it's funny, they just came out with their Q3 survey data this morning, uh, and we, some good news there, inflation expectations declined in Q3 <laughs> from 78% to 77%. <laughs> so a decline, though, it's pretty clear that the overwhelming majority of businesses are still expecting, and to Ryan's point, planning on high inflation over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with um, this decline, what does that mean for the interest rates? Yeah, so that's the natural, like, what does this mean? So what um, associated with the interest rates? So we're currently in the midst of the most aggressive rate hiking program in 30 years on the part of the Bank of Canada. So I think, Justine, you said earlier that the bank has raised its policy rate from a quarter of a percentage point to uh, three and a quarter. Mm -hmm. So that is, and that's just since March. Um, So that is a very rapid and large increase. Um, and if we look at bond yields, which are not set directly by the Bank of Canada, but they do influence uh, bond yields through the buying and selling of government debt and other types of debt, um, five-year bond yields are at their highest levels in, uh, in, in many years at 3.64%. And remember, they bottomed out at about three, a, a 0.3%. 
um, in 2020. So it was almost, those yields were almost at zero. So they have come up significantly. And then, so these rising interest rates, as we've talked about, uh, they've impacted a lot of things, asset prices across the board, including home prices. So in this region, if we look at bank, or in this region, if we look at benchmark prices, uh, depending on the product type you're looking at, depending at, you know, depending on whether you're looking at north of the Fraser River, south of the Fraser River, um, benchmark prices since their peak in April are down between 9 and 15%. That's a pretty significant, that's not a run-of-the-mill yeah. decline, right? That is like clearly some sort of, I say correction, but I put air quotes around it because that implies prices were incorrect. They were definitely high and they had, they had increased really quickly. And to that point, if we actually look at where prices are today, even though they've declined a lot since April, they're still up... Um, by between four and six percent versus this time last year, mm-hmm. right? So now that doesn't necessarily influence uh, buying and selling behavior. It's more about what was my home worth or what is a home worth a month ago, three months ago, six months ago. But we still are on that positive side if we're looking at sort of longer term trends in values. And the thing is now that prices have come down while rates have gone up. And I know some people look at that and say, well, maybe you know, maybe that interest rate increase is being offset by falling prices. So maybe my monthly payments would be possibly a little bit lower. And that's not going to be the case with the current interest rate hike that we've seen over the past six months. If that doesn't, if that doesn't change at all, we would need prices to fall or to be down by 25% versus the 10 to 15 that they are now for the monthly cost of housing to actually become cheaper. So we're not in that range right now. So this is, this is, these rising rates are having an impact on affordability. And that doesn't even factor in future rate hikes either. That's just the rate hikes to today. Exactly. So I think for everybody, I mean, even people who have the five-year fixed mortgage rates, you know, with some term left on their contract, eventually, um, you know, we're all going to have to face the music sooner or later on that front. Yeah. So, so Ryan, just back to that point there, you're saying that it needs to drop 20 to 25% in order for it to become cheaper. Um, is the payments cheaper or are you, are you talking about in terms of equaling back to what it would be if the rates didn't go up? Yeah. It's sort of looking at the market where it was in April of this year. So borrowing costs are higher now. So all else being equal, yeah. your monthly costs for a given down payment, amortization period and purchase price your monthly payments would be higher than they were back in April. But we've seen home values come down. So now you're buying into a market that costs a little bit less, but it doesn't cost, it's not, the prices aren't low enough to offset the impact on your monthly finances of that higher interest rate. Got it. So Ryan, uh, when can we expect um, interest rates or the Bank of Canada come out and say uh, interest rates are going to be held steady this time around or uh, you know I'm hearing people saying oh interest rates mm-hmm. are going to run to 9% till 2028 uh, like what what's the what's the thinking here I'm 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 laughing both because I I don't totally agree with that perspective and also it frightens me Good mm-hmm. me too yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean I think as it stands right now none of us actually really know what's going to happen I mean even the Bank of Canada misread the inflationary signs early in the pandemic, midway through the pandemic, and probably acted too late to try to curb demand. Now, there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that are outside of the Bank of Canada's control insofar as interest rates are concerned and how inflation is being impacted. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, the Bank of Canada, I'm going to answer your question in a roundabout way. <laughs> 
the Bank of Canada is trying to engineer this so-called soft landing. So essentially what they want to do is increase interest rates steadily and with some forward guidance. So let everybody know this is our plan. We continue to take some course of action. And as it stands right now, the plan is to continue to increase rates because they want they actually want you to spend less. They want all of us to borrow less and spend less and stimulate the economy less. Now, when that happens, you do run the risk of plunging the economy into a recession. And it doesn't matter how we define a recession, how technical we get. The point is you're slowing economic activity. And oftentimes that means that the unemployment rate might increase or that more people are out of work as a result of that policy. So the bank is, it's a very delicate balancing act, trying to tame inflation, but not um, essentially put undue hardship on the people of the country, the people who are working currently. Um, so they want to get the inflation rate to between one and 3%. There is a lot, I mean, a lot of people, I think there's a real risk that we do run into a recession next year, that we do see the unemployment rate rise. It's currently nationally 5.2% near an all-time low. So we're starting at a good point. I mean, the, the economy, the labor market is very healthy. Um, there's a risk that goes up. There, There is one view. I mean, I think the Bank of Canada would love this narrative to play out is we have so much excess demand for workers right now. So if the, the job, the so-called job vacancy rate that we've talked about before, it's very near an all time high nationally. And we have over a million unfilled positions. So, you know, that's kind of a good thing in the sense that employers are signaling, they want to grow, they want to hire. It's a bad thing in that they can't with higher interest rates, the bank may be hoping that maybe maybe businesses look at it and go, you know what, maybe we won't hire as many new people this year. And so we bring the job vacancies down without letting anyone go. I think that's probably uh, too rosy of an outlook. I think there are businesses who currently aren't hiring, who don't have a huge profit margin, and with higher, increasingly higher rates are going to have to trim their staff. Um, but I think there's probably some kind of middle ground that we get to where the unemployment rate rises, but not as much as it would in a scenario where we didn't have such a high job vacancy rate. So to answer your question, Randy, <laughs> that's all some context there, but, um, rates, rates will go to 9% and stay there until 2028, uh, or they'll go higher if inflation isn't tamed, right? So if we can't get that under control for all of the, the, the direct and indirect reasons, there's another scenario um, that is sort of gaining some momentum that may play out, and that is that interest rates come back down within the next one and a half years. And that is because any interest rate changes that the Bank of Canada makes take between 18 and 24 months to fully have an effect in the economy, work their way through the economy. And we're only six months into this rate tightening cycle. So there's a view by some um, that we've, we've acted too, too fast. We've gone too far too quickly. Um, and that we may need to pull back. So, Ryan, just to be clear, you're saying there is a possibility that interest rates could be held if and even taken down a notch uh, in the next year and a half uh, because they've realized they've maybe gone a little bit too aggressive too far on this. So, absolutely. So, having said that, there's a huge caveat on that, um, and we don't know. And so I wouldn't, on that basis, be making major investment or purchase decisions Again, on the basis of rates coming back down to zero in a year and a half. But what it illustrates is a range of outcomes that will become more or less likely based on how 
other data points evolve. And so specifically, the Bank of Canada will continue to watch inflation. And if you want to, I mean, that is going to be the singular measure that influences what their policy is. I mean, they care about a lot of other things. They care about the value of homes. They're not looking to destroy uh, wealth that exists in our in our housing stock for the majority of not all, but majority of Canadians, they care about the health of the labor market, but they're going to watch that inflation number. So, you know, if someone if someone gives you a prediction about interest rates at some point in the future, you have to ask them too. What is your prediction for inflation and why? Those those have to go hand in hand. So I think we need to we'll, we'll be watching the data as we've said before uh, each month. Um, another. As we said, another uh, release of the Consumer Price Index data on Wednesday, and then the Bank of Canada meets on October 26th, and then again in early December. So there's two opportunities for further rate hikes this year. And again, barring anything, any dramatic downward changes to the inflation rate, you can expect rates to go up through the balance of this year. It's a tough call because, I mean, no one wants high interest rates, but uh, we can't have $40 two-by-fours either. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you're not going to be able to build that you know, uh, affordable housing. Absolutely. Absolutely. One point I would add is the moment that the Bank of Canada does signal uh, a rate, uh, holding the rate or even a decrease, I think uh, the most astute buyers out there will see that as a signal to start jumping back in. We got this funny market here in Vancouver where it's like a, a wildfire where once uh, the news starts, you know, talking mm-hmm. about, oh, the yeah. market has picked up and <laughs> all of a sudden this, this FOMO takes over and then the market starts going crazy. So, uh, you know, uh, for those astute uh, buyers out there who, of course, are listening to this podcast, <laughs> uh, they'll do well on that real estate timing on a purchase. Yeah. Totally. I think anybody who's not as, there's some people who are less sensitive to interest rates than others. And I think you know, for those folks, to your point, this is a, there are opportunities right now um, to to participate in the market that maybe didn't exist a few months ago. You know, one thing I tell my clients all uh, now is like, now's the time to buy, not when everyone else is buying mm-hmm. and you're bidding against 30 other people. This is the time to do it. Yeah, you have time to do an inspection, yes. check up, go look at as many properties as you yeah. want. I mean, you're making the biggest financial decision of your life, and sometimes you only got five minutes to look at a, at a place uh, <laughs> yeah. during an appointment yeah. with 200 other people that want to look at it. It's just crazy. So, yeah, now is uh, is a great time. It's really interesting about the whole FOMO thing. We, co- we covered this in the past ones, but, yeah, it really is a real thing in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when the market's hot, people are just really afraid of missing out. And I think, too, especially in that environment where rates are low and or falling, people aren't doing the calculus on, you know, what it means for affordability or future payments. It's really just there. It, it, it sort of like imbibes you with a sense of, um, positivity and excitement. Yeah. And you just, you, you know, you, you, you just think, well, if I can make this work today, I'll be able to w- make it work mm-hmm. in the future as well. And obviously now the perspective has changed a bit because we realize, oh shoot, you know, we can like, things can affect our market that we weren't necessarily anticipating and in fairly significant ways. Like, so we've talked before about how mm -hmm. interest rates don't, interest rate changes don't impact everyone equally. Um, I think it was in 
our September episode, we talked about how if, if you have a variable rate and you bought in the last year and a half, you might be hitting your trigger rate soon. So that's something you have to watch out for, get in touch with your bank, make sure that uh, you're on top of that. And previously, we've talked about how for fixed rate holders, if you're renewing today, you're not renewing from that ultra low rate of 2020 or 2021. You're renewing from where the rates were back in 2017. Uh, and while they were lower than they are today, it's not quite the same increase. And you were likely stress tested to a rate that was higher than than what you're facing today. So hopefully you can handle this, that sort of increase. Yeah. And I think those rates pre-pandemic, if we sort of want to put a stake in the ground uh, in relation to where interest rates are going, I think a likely longer term uh, landing point for us is a rate landscape that looked in the future, very much like it did right before the pandemic hit. So that is to say rates, both shorter term variable rates, prime rate, but also um, five-year fixed mortgage rates, uh, I certainly expect will be will come back down from where they are today. You know, the question then is, is that a year and a half from now? Is that three years, five years from now? From where we are right now, we just can't say with certainty where that's where we're going to land in that regard. And that's just going to be dictated by what's happening on the inflation front. But certainly I expect rates to come down. So we touched on a lot today. We talked about uh, inventory as well as interest rates a lot. Um, so today's podcast, we covered two main insights. The first insight is three things that we count on in life death, taxes, and a 30% decline in inventory in the fall. And the second insight is it has been a long time since the interest rate outlook was this uncertain. So Randy, thank you for joining us today. Before we let you go, uh, is there any final thoughts or takeaways that you would like to to um, put out to our listeners for any potential buyers or sellers out there? Yeah, I mean, we covered off the top that we expect inventory to come down 30% um, for the next few months into December. And we already are in a very quiet market. Um, I would say we're kind of in a sweet spot for buyers because you don't want to wait much longer mm -hmm. when you're going to have very little to choose from. And right now, if prices down and you know there's no bidding wars uh, and you got time to go and uh, seek out what you're looking for and do an inspection and do all that, I think uh, I think we're in a very comfortable position for buyers. That's great. How about for sellers? Anything you want to take away for sellers? For sellers, I would say wait for the spring at least. Um, but, uh, I mean, year over year, we're still higher today than we were uh, this time last year in prices. So you're still doing very well. And, you know, chances are you bought your house a lot uh, a lot earlier than last mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. That's great. And if um, people want to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? You can reach me at rrinaldo at rennie.com. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and every which other way to get a hold of <laughs> That's great. You can also find Randy on the Rennie website, uh, rennie.com slash Ronaldo. So that wraps up this episode of the Rennie Podcast. To dig deeper into the data, be sure to check out our latest Rennie review and other intelligence information on rennie.com slash intelligence. Be the first to receive this information straight to your inbox. Register for intelligence update. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you so much, Ryan and Ryan. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Justine. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, guys. 
The Rennie Podcast is a Rennie production and is recorded on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more, all resources mentioned in the episode can be found on rennie.com.